The next few paragraphs will describe the contributions of getting off the grid for the protection of the environment, decarbonization, the pollution, and the protection of plant and animal life. These are but a start of the long list of benefits and contributions of your off-grid efforts. And, these all fall under the protection of the environment, which in turn, are nothing less than investments into our own protection as a viable species, here on Earth. Decarbonization The primary way to slow down, stop, and reverse climate change, the experts warn, is to stop artificial and excess greenhouse gases from entering the Earth's atmosphere. This must be done as soon as possible. For this, the burning of fossil fuels must be stopped. Coal, petroleum, natural gas, and other fossil fuels must be phased out. This means factories, vehicles, industries, and households must stop using fossil fuels and its sources. This goal is, generally accepted, to be viably reached only gradually, by phasing out fossil fuels over time. Many believe that other energy sources must, however, take the place of fossil fuels, for societies to continue on a comparable rate of development. Renewable sources of energy appear to be poised to replace fossil fuels, and an array of new methods and technologies have proven to be up for the challenge. Many of the major studies into climate change agreed that decarbonization is the strongest mitigating causes of action against the crisis. Rapid or total decarbonization may be very difficult, detrimental, and impractical. That is, in part, because the many available technologies required to harness and use renewable energy require manufacture using fossil fuels. And, world economies have grown so dependent on fossil fuels that entire world populations may be at risk of suffering and hunger. For instance, our food production and transportation networks would be severely disrupted if we were to suddenly adopt a no-carbon economy. However, a low-carbon economy seems to be within reach and would be much better than our past and current path. A gradual, but expedited, transition to a low-carbon economy is possible, and it may enable the economy's transitions with minimized impact. Solar, wind, tidal, and geothermal, and battery technologies can continue to grow for energy production and gradually but surely replace fossil fuel sources. Many may discourage decarbonization, or even a low-carbon economy, with the argument that we may never totally decarbonize because renewable technologies too require the fossil fuel industries. But, studies have shown this to be false. For example, many bring the example that manufacturing an electric vehicle EV requires more carbon pollution than making a gasoline car. This is true, but it is only because it takes into account only the manufacturing of the EV, and because of the carbon-intensive process of manufacturing the EV battery. But, that argument is dismissed altogether when comparing the life cycle of the EV with a gas-operated vehicle over many years. Other renewable technologies, like solar panels and wind turbines, currently require some carbon pollution to manufacture, but this is more than cancelled by the carbon pollution that is prevented by their use over many years. Pollution In the spring of 2020, when many of the world's economies paused as the coronavirus pandemic started to claim tens of thousands of lives, the world witnessed a rapid decrease in environmental pollution. Preventing and reversing pollution is absolutely a top reason to want to be off the grid. The grid is a polluting monster. The electrical grid is largely run by the burning of fossil fuels that include coal, natural gas, petroleum, and radioactive materials. And, the food grid is almost as polluting 
taking immense amounts of land and fuel to operate. The grid, as described here, could not be more toxic, obnoxious, and harmful stuff both for the physical environment and life. Many thousands of years ago we stumbled upon fire, perhaps when we first saw lightning incinerate a tree, experienced a wildfire, or accidentally sparked a fire while making stone tools. Regardless, it seems we have been in love with fire since. From cooking to just burning stuff, fire is in our survivalist and savage DNA. We just refuse to let it go. Later, we found ways to burn things hotter, longer, and more explosively by burning some types of rock, like coal. Unfortunately, burning and exploding things releases that thing's chemical and material compounds into the air, there is no way around this. Some of the burnt material, smoke, is visible, others are not visible, but both become airborne and we breathe it in and go into the air. Also, not everything we burn gets consumed. Some material stays behind as charred waste, and some of the stuff we burn turns into gases that can produce heat. These gases power our many internal combustion machines. As the Industrial Revolution kicked off, in the mid-1700s, we have increased the burning of materials and chemicals exponentially. We burn coal, petroleum, natural gas, and nuclear material to power our ever-increasing industrial plants, homes, and vehicles. In this process, we pollute the earth in four ways, air, ground, water, and noise pollution. Air pollution. Seemingly, air pollution is the most abundant type of pollution. Industrial plants, vehicles, livestock, and commercial and residential buildings continuously release pollutants into the air. Especially severe air pollutants are the refining of petroleum, manufacture of chemicals, most generation of electricity, and other industrial processes. Driving your fuel-powered vehicle up and down the road releases pollutants into the air. Some households, even, produce pollution, especially in the form of heat, but also as airborne chemicals through the use of kerosene, natural gas, and liquid propane. Air pollution was discovered to cause damage to the ozone layer, a critical part of the atmosphere responsible for blocking harmful radiation. It was caused by propellants like chlorofluorocarbons, CFCs, as discovered in the 1970s. CFCs were used in many industries and household refrigerants. In the 1970s, the harmful health and environmental effects of leaded fuels was discovered, and it was not until the mid-1980s that it began to be phased out in the U.S. Again, the engine behind global warming is quite simple, releasing greenhouse gases and other pollutants into the air, warming the air and causing health problems for humans and other animals. Health problems are not limited to respiratory diseases, but they include many types of cancers and nervous system diseases too. For instance, 29% of lung cancers were attributed to air pollution. So, we should want to get off this air polluting grid for the sake of our respiratory health and safety, to ease climate change, and for the sake of all the plants and animals that suffer from the effects of atmospheric pollution. Ground pollution. The burning of many materials creates solid waste. When you burn a lot of coal or wood, for example, you get mounds of ash, 
when you burn uranium you get nuclear waste and so on. In turn, we then have the problem of having to dispose of this waste. When we refine petroleum or use it to lubricate machinery, there is generally liquid waste that must be disposed of too. Unfortunately, it is costly and at times impractical to build permanent containers for all these waste chemicals and solids. So, often much of this waste ends up dumped and piled up on the ground. Unless very costly measures are taken, the ground will be polluted by these harmful waste materials and chemicals. These eventually harm plant and animal life that depend on that very ground that we pollute, including ourselves. And may I remind you, the ground is not only home for countless species of insects, mammals and birds, but it harnesses the food and water for those very species. The ground receives rainfall in most areas of the world and harmful materials and chemicals get soaked into the ground helped by water flow. Waste as liquids can filter into underground water reservoirs or above ground streams, creeks, rivers, ponds and lakes, all sources of fresh drinking water for plants, animals and humans. This cycle of ground pollution has been going on unchecked in many parts of the world since the mid-1700s. A notable case of dumping polluted waste onto the ground occurred in Ecuador. There, petroleum extraction was conducted by Texaco and Gulf Oil to American oil corporations. It was widely reported that these companies' operations in the region dumped contaminated waste water into streams and directly into the ground of the rainforest. The problem was so dire that the busy nearby inhabitants reported these problems and their possible health effects, which they described to include increased birth defects. We need not to look at the numerous egregious oil spills perpetrated by evil oil giants to gauge the extent of the ground pollution problem. There is a gargantuan and slow oil spill happening worldwide every hour of every day. Nearly every fuel-driven vehicle, driven and parked, leaks motor oil. That is currently 98.5% of all vehicles, especially older vehicles. This fact is evident in the all spots you see on nearly every residential and commercial parking space. This used motor oil leaks onto the ground and some gets washed away by rainfall and other water. Some of it goes directly to sources of drinking water and some settle in lowlands where countless animal and plant species live. It must be acknowledged that these vulnerable sources of fresh water are those used to grow crops and the livestock we consume. These polluted water molecules go into the cells of the animals we eat, surely eventually causing health effects on us. The amount of vehicles driven on the road has increased virtually exponentially over the many decades since vehicles were introduced. I have witnessed this problem firsthand and it has been studied widely. A growing problem we face with ground pollution is the amount of solid waste we are producing and dumping. This waste goes into the ground where we and animals live. The plastics and other materials release chemicals and particles, 
a percentage of which is surely consumed by livestock, wild game, and fish that we consume. These are but a few of the problems of pollution. And these and others should definitely make you want to get off this polluting grid. The grid, by its very nature, demands for you to use more and more costly and polluting energy, consume more costly and polluting foods, and buy and use ever more pricey stuff and services. So, for the sake of the health and happiness, for the sake of future generations, and for the sake of the well-being of countless animal and plant life, it is time to get off the grid. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please look for the next episode soon. And, please ensure you share this with your friends and family. And, please like this content, and subscribe, as a sign of support, and for me to continue to provide this type of content to more people like you. By Hector Vladimir June 2023